0: Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Train, Eat, Repeat. I hope you all had a wonderful Labor Day weekend, you got to rest, relax, be in the present moment, enjoy some extra time with friends, family, and loved ones. School is back in session. Now, whether you're uh, the parent that's dealing with the virtual situation or your kids are actually going back to school, I'm sure that's a very uh, stressful but awesome time uh, as we sort of head into fall here. So what are we talking about today? Uh, today, we're all talking about your environment and how it greatly impacts your habits and chances of seeing progress towards your goals. And this is something I came across while reading James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which if you have not picked up yet, I I don't get paid by him or anything like that, but just as a uh, learner and somebody who likes to learn new tactics and new ways of looking at things, he puts things in very simple terms, and I'm here to share some of those concepts with you while also integrating some of my own tactics that I've realized have worked for me and have worked for others when creating a better environment. And so, where, where do we start? You know, I think we all have environments and spaces where we do things. We go to the gym to work out. We go to the office to work. We eat food at the dinner table. Well, at least we should be eating at the dinner table. But after reading that book, Atomic Habits, it made me realize what a profound effect our environments have on our body and our mind and can be sabotaging your ability to see progress towards your goals. Tell me how many places in your house do you complete work? You know, especially since everyone is working from home these days, sure, you might start in the office, then you move to the couch in the living room, then the dining room table. And I'm no different. You know, now that I own my own business, I have the podcast, I work in multiple spaces because I'm a creature of habit. I, I was used to always moving, always on the run, always working here, working there. And, and I somewhat enjoyed it because it made me move a little bit. But now that I'm working from sort of a more of a desk situation, I'm trying to find other places to work, but that also is at a detriment too, because while I might be getting a lot of work done, and while you also might be getting a lot of work done out there, inside... Your brain and my brain, what it's doing is coinciding work with each one of those environments. Therefore, you never truly are able to step away from work and turn it off, which I know for me is a big problem. And I know for a lot of you out there is a big problem. We constantly are thinking, constantly are working. We've talked about worry and anxiety before and how it can run our lives if we allow it to. So it's just one example, but throughout the rest of the podcast, I'm going to give you some tips and tricks to create a better environment for your workouts, your kitchen, where you eat, and your work and mindfulness spaces. And if you want to improve your eating environment and stop counting calories, points, macros, then you should definitely join my 30 Days of Mindful Eating Challenge. It's gonna be getting started next Monday, the 14th of September and run for 30 days. It's absolutely free. All you have to do to join is simply shoot me a request on Facebook at my name, so Tyler Farrant, F as in Frank, A-R-R-A-N-T, or send me an email to tyler-ferrant at traineatrepeat.co. So over the course of that 30 days, I will unveil four mindfulness tactics, one big one being environment. And to s- The whole goal is to systematically change your eating habits and start to see results. And again, I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I'm not going to tell you um, you to eliminate a certain food group. It's all about creating mindfulness habits around eating. So again, that challenge is completely free. It's going to start on Monday, September 14th. And hopefully you reach out to me uh, and we can get you set up inside of that challenge. So... Let's start first with creating the right space for your workouts. I can't tell you how many people I've met that bought a treadmill only to let it sit in their bedroom or their basement, collect dust and become the proverbial clothes hanger. I've seen it all too often. So why does this happen? I can assure you that most people didn't spend thousands of dollars just to show their friends their fancy piece of new equipment. And while that's great, it's not getting you any closer to your goals. But more so, the environment wasn't properly set up to entice the person to use that space for working out. So let's say, for instance, that you use the basement as a second living room. Well, your brain tells you that the space is for relaxing and social interaction and downtime. Therefore, it becomes harder to see that space as a suitable workout spot, especially when it's in the middle of that environment. So if your treadmill is parked right in front of your couch or it's your, your dumbbells are kind of displayed all over throughout the basement, you don't have a dedicated space in which to work out in. So how do you correct it? Well, besides making a habit of getting up and working out, which we could easily uh, fill an entire podcast on that topic in itself. First, you have to identify what about the environment needs to be shifted or changed in order to create a space that your brain identifies as a workout space. So first of all, we have to eliminate distractions, split up the space and create your ideal space. The more things that distract you from getting done what you're supposed to do, it's going to be harder to make that environment work for you. So do you have a space that's clear of clutter? Do you have things within sight that make you think, oh, you know what? I need to get that done. That's going to take you away from your workout. And also, one of the best things you can do is visualization. So close your eyes and imagine what your dream workout space would look like, taking into consideration the space that you have. And so a few examples. So my girlfriend, uh, she doesn't necessarily have a space that she can dedicate just to working out. She actually has her workout space in a second living room space. And what she has done is carpementalized carp- or split up that area into different environment spaces. So in a small room. I I would guess that it's no bigger than probably by like 10 by 10 or 10 by 18, something like that. I'm not really good. I'm not a contractor. But my point is, is that she has her desk in a little cubby, a little alcove, if you will. And that's where she does all of her work. Next to that is her treadmill with all of her weights in a designated spot. She She has an exercise mat set up. Then she has a couch, which is the dividing line into the living room space. On the other end of that space is a couple chairs. She has candles set up on each side of her TV on these shelves that she put in. And that space is now relaxed time, workout time, and an office space time. So even if you have a small space, you can still make a designated workout area for yourself. Therefore, when she's in her Cubby hole for work she does work at her desk when she's ready to work out she has a designated albeit small but a designated space for her workouts and then she has a designated space that's that's sort of split up by her couch the back end of her couch for that relaxing space three different spaces three different environments but allow her to get work done when she's focusing on a particular topic or a particular area then I have another individual, and this is a, a close friend of mine. When COVID hit, she didn't have any workout space. She had a few workout pieces of, of equipment, but they were kind of sporadically put throughout the house, so no true environment created. Well, she had this attic loft that she was basically going unused. It. it It was basically a a dump all, which if most of you are like me out there, we all have one room that we don't necessarily go in. It's kind of like that closet that Monica had in Friends. You don't want to open that closet. So what she did is she cleared out this attic space. And again, she visualized what her ideal workout space would look like. Now, this would be the extreme, but she spent a considerable amount of money. She spent a considerable amount of time creating this space. She put in new flooring. She put on mirrors on the wall. She put in a TV. She put in some candles. And that was the right workout space for her. So whether she wants to go on the treadmill, she bought a treadmill, put that in there, but that is her designated environment for working out and therefore is a better way to create a habit of using that space specifically for that area. And then, a motivating space. So I have a client right now who works out in her basement. She has a space set up just like the last example I gave, or the last two examples I gave. But then she has motivational quotes that are on the wall that mean something to her during her workout so that she can push herself beyond what she thinks she can do. And so part of that environment is also creating a space that you feel comfortable, you feel motivated, you feel uh, encouraged to actually work out. So those are just a few examples of how you can set up your own workout space to work better for you and therefore work better towards creating a habit of making that environment the only space where you can work out. You go and your brain automatically says, this is my space, this is my time to work out. And so I want you to try it out. And, and, you know, again, small baby steps at a time, but maybe see if there is a small space or a giant space that's going unused that you can turn into your ideal workout environment. So let's talk about your, your kitchen and, and your eating environment. You know, creating a better environment in your kitchen has a profound effect on your ability to create better eating habits. That's why it's one of the four tactics in the 30 day mindful eating challenge. So, you're actually getting a little preview of of one of those tactics that we'll use in that 30 day challenge. But to create a better environment in your kitchen, it all starts with what you can see. Do you have healthier food options within eyesight? Fruit on the counter instead of cookies and chips. Veggies and fruits and quality proteins on the top shelves of your refrigerator and cabinets. Do you have room to prep food and clean pots and pans to cook healthy meals? These are all points that seem small, but make a huge impact. Almost a thought process of if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And too many times, if we go into our fridge and all we see are highly palatable processed food items, where usually most refrigerators, they encourage you to put vegetables in those drawers because the humidity rating is right or, you know, it makes sure that there's a space for them. Well, if it's out of sight, you're going to be less likely to grab whatever is readily available. Right? versus what you have to open up a drawer for or what's within your eyesight. But besides these switches, you can employ these tactics to start creating a better kitchen and or eating environment. So number one, clear off your dining room table and eat all of your meals at it. If you're like me, in the past when I've had dining room tables, right now I live in a home that I don't have one, which makes it even more challenging for myself. But the dining room table becomes a catch-all. Your, your, your kids do their homework there. You dump your keys there. You dump your mail there. So then automatically you have a space that you can't eat at. you know. And if you don't have a dining room table, or if you do, clear it off, find a space where you, where you will eat all of your meals. So just like the gym space, we want our brains to associate eating with the space that you have created. And you're only going to eat at this space because it will greatly reduce the mindless snacking on the couch, in front of the TV, and other areas of our house where our brains are distracted at that moment. We're not focused on just eating. Number two, use online grocery services like ClickList or ButcherBox to only order what you need versus what you pass in the aisles and emotionally decide, ooh, that sounds good, or ooh, that looks good. I might need that. Because too many times what I've noticed is that it's also a great way not only to create better eating habits, but also to save money. I end up buying things that, number one, I already have, and and I have it in abundance because I went to Costco like the week before or something like that. Or I end up buying things again that I just don't simply need because it's something that doesn't fit within my diet and I was hungry when I went to the grocery store, which is the cardinal sin, I know, and we all do it. But doing it systematically versus looking at your fridge and saying, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, you will make healthier choices and be able to set up your environment, your kitchen, and your eating spaces to work for you. Number three, no distractions while eating, and I just talked about this, but silence your phone, turn off the TV, shut your laptop, and close the book give your brain one thing to focus on the food that you are eating what you'll notice too is that this also will control other facets of mindful eating that hopefully you join that 30 day challenge because we'll go over them but you'll start to enjoy your food a little bit more you'll start to realize certain hunger cues that will be taken care of because you're focused on just one thing so eliminate all distractions and focus solely on just eating and eating in a good environment number four who are you eating with? If you have friends that routinely eat fast food or go for the big plate of nachos, then you are more likely to be a product of that environment. Now I'm not telling you that you need to get new friends, but realize that your sphere of influence is affecting your eating environment and therefore your habits. So, what can you do in that situation? Well, I think in our circle of friends, we we typically attract people that think the same, eat the same, the same habits. So more than likely, you probably have a few people in your sphere of influence, that you do coincide with from an eating perspective. Maybe sit next to those individuals when you go out to eat or maybe suggest a different restaurant where they have the options that everybody else wants but also have a few options that you want. But your environment greatly influences your decisions even when you know that there is a better option or that there is a right answer. You are going to be influenced by the people that you surround yourself with. And there's a lot here and going through the workout piece and also now just the eating spaces. But do a systematic check on just how healthy your eating environment is and your workout environment and start to tackle one or two items every two weeks and see what a difference makes. Start small and then build your way up from that point. Now, what about your mindfulness space? You know, your ability to have space for your brain to relax and be calm is so important these days. We are constantly bombarded by notifications, emails, alerts, and to-dos that we rarely have a space to be alone with our thoughts. So to create your ideal environment, we have to figure out what space makes you feel the most comfortable. I typically ask people to reflect on a time and place that they felt their most relaxed and present. Was it on vacation hiking in the mountains? Was it sitting in your favorite chair taking an unplanned afternoon siesta? Was it curling up in a chair with a good book? For me, was it, you know, just sitting in awe at nature and looking at the waves crash in when I was down in Mexico? So while you might not be able to recreate that exact environment, which I would love to be in Mexico every single day, you can mimic it and tap into how you felt during those experiences. So if you can't go hiking, go for a walk in your local park. Don't have time for a nap? Sit in that same chair and practice some breathing and meditation practices. Curl up in that same chair and read some scripture, pray, or read that book that you love so much. The more you do this, the more these spaces will allow you to tap into a relaxed state of mind, reduce stress, and boost productivity throughout the day. What you must do to get into the state besides identifying your space. And so, eliminate distractions. I know it sounds like a broken record and I've talked about it three times now, but this is especially important when you are taking time to be mindful and connect with your body. No phones, no TV, no work. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes or one hour. This is your time to yourself and no other obligations. The world will keep on spinning when you come back, and I can promise you that. But this time is so important, and especially when you're trying to be mindful. You need to symbolize this environment that you've created for yourself with relaxation. And if you can do that and tap into it and eliminate those other distractions, you will be successful. You know, all too often, we try to employ new diets Workout routines and mindfulness practices without setting up the right environment for us to succeed. It is every is it everything? No, but having the space figured out makes creating a habit that much easier and more likely that the other parts of your life will improve as well. So rather than looking for the solution via the best diet, via the best workout equipment, via the best uh, you know eating plan, or the best. Uh, mindfulness app. You have to create an environment where you can utilize those tools to your advantage. If you don't have the environment locked down, very unlikely that you're going to be able to stick with it, and very unlikely that you're going to be able to see progress. And that's why I want every single one of you to join my 30-day mindful eating challenge. And I just call it a challenge because it's 30 days of commitment to uh, to a goal or to a way of thinking. It, you know, it's non-judgmental. It's not about the results that we get, although I guarantee you, you will see some results. But hopefully you guys can join me on that journey. Again, it's going to start this Monday, September 14th. You can reach out to me on Facebook or, again, email me at train, eat, repeat, tyler-ferrant at traineatrepeat.co. So hopefully you guys enjoyed today's show. Would love to hear your thoughts. You can either get me get in touch with me on social media or you can leave a review on the iTunes podcast app. And until next time, be kind, be humble, and work your ass off. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.